Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Hello, friends. Today is going to be a little bit different than our other podcasts. Somebody had asked that we share personal transformations from our lives. Ooh, yeah. personal transformations. So something that I or Rebecca, that we've experienced that really changed our life in a big way. We have a lot of those stories. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a lot, lot of, those. of those stories. So every once in a bit, we will do one of these transformation podcasts. And yeah, hopefully you'll get a lot out of it. We also thought we'd take this opportunity to share how we put together our podcasts because somebody had asked us if they are scripted or or just how we do this. Good question. Good question. Uh, No, this is not a script that we read. (laughs) (laughs) We we sit down with our topic and we start talking about it and we look at it from all sorts of different angles. This is pre-podcast, right? Pre-podcast. We kind of hash out our ideas and say, what do we think of this? Yeah, a lot of our talking happens in the woods and... It's so much fun. We start to think about things in a different way. And then we come back and we sit down and kind of write out some of the thoughts we've had. Yeah. And then we create a basically a, a list that has just points that we want to cover. Mm-hmm. And then we see what happens. Although yeah. we always do, we don't script the beginning, but we talk about some kind of beginning that you know, we want to sweep you into right. a we want to have fun. story, essentially, and have some fun. Yeah. So we always try to bring you in like that. So again, that's not scripted, but we've pretty much figured that out beforehand. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we do it in a nutshell. Yeah. The shakuhachi music is me playing that Japanese flute. And the birds that you're always hearing, we recorded... Oh, that was in the summer. That was in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the morning birds. Not a lot of people get to experience... Those birds, those are thrushes and some other birds in the morning that just really make some haunting Mm. sounds that, again, you rarely hear unless you're in the woodlands in the morning. I really want to get some other sounds. I know we've talked about rain, but I think it would sound like static. Yeah, just see static. I don't know, maybe frogs in the the springtime or I don't know, (laughs) something. I think it's fun. Well, so today, transformational story. We're going to go back to October. October. This was our anniversary. Yeah, not just any anniversary. This was our... I hope you remember. Um, four, <laughs> 20 years yes. married. Though It's always hard for me because we've been together so much longer. Yeah. We'll have to tell that story about... We have lots of stories. We, yeah. we were together for, I don't know, what, seven years or anyway. It's almost We've almost been together for 30 years. But it was our 20-year anniversary, and really, usually, for special occasions, anniversaries, birthdays, we look at each other and we say, well, what do you feel like doing? And we say, you know, what I'd really want is just to be with you. Yeah. Let's have kind of a nothing day and just hang out together and... Maybe cook a fun dinner, Mm -hmm. go for a nice hike, maybe even drive someplace that we don't often get to hike at and go there, yeah. something like that. But really, just nothing extraordinary planned. So, gosh, how do I start with this one? This was my idea. 
And I decided that, heck, in all of 20 years, we've never done anything spectacular to celebrate our anniversary. And Kenton and I had been talking prior to that, kind of over the summer, about how we really wanted to have more time just alone together. I kept bringing that up over and over. And I was kind of having a rough time, just missing that pre-children time. Right, when it was just me and you. And I was expressing, I think, quite often, I wish there was some way we had more you-me time. Because we... We homeschool, unschool. Right. So we're... Work at home. And so we're constantly at home. But we have the kids around us a lot. We're a family. And I think there was just that longing to have a bit of what we used to have. Yeah. So I got it in my head that I would surprise Kenton with (laughs) a trip to a bed and breakfast overnight to celebrate our anniversary. And it would be close by. Just a local bed and breakfast. Yeah, yeah, supporting someone in the area that that we really liked. And um, great place, awesome people. You know, we could be home if we needed to in just a matter of minutes. It wasn't anything monstrously huge. But you had to do a lot to fix this up. Oh, my gosh. Get everybody on board. Get the kids on board. Yeah, first I had to convince the girls, and then I had to find someone that would they would be happy having stay with them. And But all these things kind of lined up. And so the day came, and I had secretly loaded up the car while Kenton was teaching a session. And (laughs) then I said, oh, what did I say? Oh, the chickens are out of chicken feed. Yeah, oh, you totally have. (laughs) I suspected nothing. Right, so I said to you, the chickens out of chicken feed, and, and we really, I want them to be able to stay warm. They need food. Let's run into town quick and just buy some at the local mart there. I, I really got to do that. And then somehow it worked out that we were maybe going to go to the library, too. I was going to pick up some books yeah. or drop some books yeah. off, whatever. We'll just do that. We'll do all that in town. So. Yeah, boy. You I fell was still for it. Ca- I, yeah, I fell for it. I was still kind of cold from the session. We had been out and just... I might have been still dressed in my clothes. From I don't exactly even remember. Yeah. All I know is that you went along with me, and you were thinking, oh, great, we're getting a little time alone in the car here. We're oh, going to yeah. drive to town. It's going to be great. And I'm Ooh. driving us into town, and I drive past where we're going to pick up the chicken feed. Yeah, I'm getting a little suspicious like, also. I'm like, wait. You turn there, back up. I'm like, oh, we'll go to the library first. Right. And then the world just happened perfectly because <laughs> there was this person at the library and I was just feeling like having time alone with Rebecca. And and I saw this person outside the library and I said, well, we're going to get in a big conversation if yeah, we stop. Not the a bad now. person, a good no, person no, to yeah. talk to. But, you know, sometimes you're just not feeling like having a big right. conversation. And so I kept driving, going, of course, on my route to the bed and breakfast. And then you kept not turning back <laughs> to the library and back... To the place, the store where we could get chicken feed. <laughs> and you just keep going. And uh, yeah, I was starting to get a little yeah, weird out. But just, still didn't suspect. Let's just dry, take a little drive in the country. We'll give that person at the library a chance to do their thing. We can go back. And then we turn on the road. And Oh, look it. There's the Rodden Gun Club. Did you know there was a Rodden Gun Club out here? And So you start heading down that road. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's when I started. <laughs> really getting into my mind science fiction kind of crazy thoughts she's been possessed or what is this actually Rebecca (laughs) figuring out how I'm going to commandeer the car from you and 
Oh my goodness! Try to take it without hurting me because right, you care about me. What if you? <laughs> so, so it's at that point that I sort of unleash everything upon you. Oh, Kenton, I've got us a bed and breakfast for the night. Oh, they've got a hot tub out on the deck under the stars, and we're just gonna have some time for you and me. We're right by the hiking trail, so we can hike for several hours if we want to. Here's where I have to just lay it out to all of you because I know some people have this opinion that I'm master Jedi ninja, but her words just hit me like a sledgehammer. And yeah. Yeah, really hard. And everything flooded at once. So first of all, you know, it was a surprise. Okay, so it was just a surprise. But I had already set up expectations. I was excited to be with the girls that night. and So boom, that hits me. And then boom, I've got to, I should appear grateful and excited because Becca obviously set this all up. And boom, I really don't want to do this. Yeah, so I look over at you and I see all these different emotions and I'm thinking, (laughs) oh man, you know, I've never really surprised Kenton and I guess I didn't think about what might happen. And Initially, I had gone back and forth a number of times. Oh, I should do this. Oh, no, I shouldn't do this. I should ask him. No, I should surprise him because he'll just say no. So I stopped the car at the Rod and Gun Club. (laughs) And I said, hey, let's just get out and talk. So we got out. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. What? Because you didn't say this here on the podcast, but I remember you saying to me that we had never done a surprise party or anything for each other. But I did surprise you once. Remember when I surprised you in the shower? Oh my gosh, how could I ever forget? Our first house in yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, you you always wanted to keep jumping out at me. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I think you wished that I was a ninja companion or something. I'm <laughs> home alone. I'm having a shower. Do, 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 do. I and come you, in the house. Well, okay, what you don't know about me, and you can't see by <laughs> looking at me or listening to my voice, is that I have an extremely overactive imagination. I have always had a very active imagination, and I get scared really easily. You don't even have to tell me any horror stories or anything because implication is enough, and I'm freaked out. So... I never like taking showers alone, and I'm always like watching the door and listening for sounds. And so Kenton has come in, and I thought, oh, did I hear a sound? No, Becca, you're always getting so worked up about these kinds of things. Just let it go and have your shower for once. So I come inside, and I hear that she's taking a shower, and I think, this is my chance. Quiet, like a master Jedi ninja. I sneak up the stairs. I quietly open the door. I stand in front of the shower and I rip back the shower curtain and go, what a stupid thing to do. Oh, you are so lucky I didn't poke your eyes out. You almost I did. I had one split second where I was like, respond (laughs) and attack. And then I realized, wait, how could I do that? This is my loved one. And then the shock of everything hit me, and I just remember I just broke down crying and fell to the ground in the shower, and you felt awful, which oh you should gosh. have felt awful. I should have felt awful. It's a funny story now, but at the time, <laughs> I was just thinking, wait, don't kill the person you love. I, that was completely tangential, but anyway, but, yeah. so here we are at the Rod and Gun we should Club. Have, we should have realized at that moment in time, surprising each other is not usually a good thing. Yeah. Hey, it's awesome for those of you out there who do surprise each other and you love that or you love surprises. This isn't anything about yeah. that. Surprises can be fabulous, but this kind of surprise was not what we needed on this day. <laughs> so, so, boy, <sighs> but the beautiful thing about this situation was that we started to talk. 
and talk and talk about why we were doing this what we really wanted why it wasn't just oh yay we have time by ourselves now and that really 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 completely changed the whole course of the way we look at our lives that was a monumental day so as much as it was painful and hard to navigate we came to this conclusion that it's about loving what we have it's about not being captured in a state of doing we had been guilty of this for a long time, getting captured in doing, doing with a capital D, where you are so intent on the, quote, important things that you kind of miss the things that are right there in your life. Yeah, our minds always think the grass is greener on the other side, or if I just get this and this and this done, then I can pay attention to the things right. that are my priorities, right? I know for me, sometimes it can be, well, I've just got to make sure I've got the food and I'm ready for tomorrow. And then I have the laundry and I've got to double check that video that we've done. And once I do all of that, then I can have the walk. Then I can read to my kids. Then I can sit down with Kenton for a cup of tea. But it should be reverse. So my mom's got all these cute little signs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's know, such a so sweet. I really love it. I, I love watching what she does with those. And there's one in the guest bedroom. And every time I go there, I read it. And I think that is super true. It's never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Mm, yeah, wow. And... I, love that I feel one. like that really corresponds with the grass is greener type of thing, thinking if in the future, if I just, if I sacrifice the now for the future, then imagine that future. It's going to be so awesome. Meanwhile, sort of in a way, putting a shadow over all of the things I already have and not yes. truly seeing them. Didn't your yeah. dad have a Yeah, sign he sent too? me a card. Bless my dad. Uh, he sent me a card a number of years ago and one of the things it had on it had all these sayings one of the things it said was when you don't have what you want want what you have and I have often thought of that many a time when I thought oh but only if only I just it's like wait wait look let's look at what I have and let's look at how I can want what I have right now super valuable lesson so all of this was coming at us just like funneling down ah. into us as we were <laughs> having this discussion and debating do we even go to the bed and breakfast now or what do we do we can't cancel and so the all of this is coming at us and we suddenly realize hey the lesson here is what we're learning it isn't about whether or not we go to the bed and breakfast all of that but how do we live our lives from this moment onward? Do mm. we live in a doing mode where we put our priorities second or do we stop? So we we stopped there and we made a vow yeah. to each other. It was pretty powerful. It was powerful. It was really life-changing. It was I a renewal like... of vows, just a totally different kind. <laughs> <laughs> different kind indeed. But, but a really important one. And it had to do with presence, mm -hmm. with being aware, with... Having love be our guiding force. And stopping when we notice that we're off track. Mm -hmm. And saying, I made a vow that these are my priorities. You know, my priorities are people and creatures and my experience and my connection with life and paying attention to the moment I'm in and trying our best to notice when we're out of that and then vowing, I will stop if I see that and I will take some moments to come back to remember this day and to remember what I said was most important. Buddha was talking about this thousands of years ago. 
this idea that we humans get caught in this endless cycle of desire, this mm-hmm. wheel that goes desire, 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 mm-hmm. and it never ends. It becomes unconscious. It's an unconscious way of living. Oh, yeah. And our culture has just created a place where we can even more easily get hooked into wanting and desire. We're constantly being advertised to. There's all this idea around us that your life will be better if you have that better car, that better smartphone, if you look nicer, if you... Have a better vegetable spiralizer. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it. Where did that come from? I don't know. But seriously, exactly. it's exactly. down to the nitty gritty. We associate and identify ourselves with the things that we buy. But that's not who we really are. And sometimes it isn't what we truly, truly want. I feel like a lot of times we hear from people who are saying, I'm missing something. And there are people who write to us and say, look, I have everything. I have all that stuff. I've done all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I am missing something. It's not there. What is it? And that thing we're missing is being. Mm. Is a simple presence with the things that are there in our life. Doing, that is... That's the main thing that pulls us out, right? Doing always looks away from where we are to an imagined future where the grass is going to be greener. It's a trap set by civilization. Again, Buddha was talking about this a long, long time ago. This is an aspect of civilization. But our culture that we've created now capitalizes on it so strongly that we can spend our whole life doing, striving for that next thing that's going to make us happy if we can just get to it. Right. But we endlessly find that once we get to it, we're not happy. We need to find that next thing that's going to make us happy. And we go and go and go until we finally... It's like that (laughs) analogy of the sailboat, right? Sailing toward the horizon. Never realizing that you are already on a horizon. Do you know what? I made that up. I don't know, because you often think you made things up I like the I time made... of nectar. Are you sure you made it up? I don't, don't know. know. But, but anyway... when I was 14, I realized that. I was drawing a little picture, <laughs> and there was a little sailor and going towards the horizon. And I realized, you're always at the horizon, but if you keep looking ahead. So I'm going to okay. maybe falsely credit myself okay. with that. But... Mark down, Kenton Whitman said that quote. Yeah. Okay, seriously. We, we didn't even like flesh it out as a quote, but... Okay, well, sorry, I should have let, let you do it first. Think of a quote, and then we could have said, that was said by Kenton Whitman. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, do you get the point? The point is that, that you can be standing in the rainbow and not see it. You can mm-hmm. be on the horizon and think, oh, my horizon's way out there. We're always wanting things. We're wanting money. We're wanting new partners. We, we don't love our bodies. We need the next smartphone. And in general, we're basically ignoring all that we have right here. We're missing the horizon that we're already standing in. So how do we want what we have? How do we get out of this wheel of endless desire? Whoa. Yeah. It's pretty big. I think the first thing is just to stop. Stopping really helps. That's the remedy almost for the doing. The doing keeps us going, going, running. The stick and a carrot out there. And if we don't stop... We never even see that that stick, you know, a carrot is on the end of a stick. We're never going to catch it. And so stopping, stopping in our life, in our our action points, we're going to give some Yes, we definitely will talk about that. I feel like this carrot on a stick is totally me to a T. The reason I say that is because 
I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist, and it's true. Nothing is ever done well enough for myself. You know, I never do well enough for my own self. Other people, fine, but myself, no. I'm held to this extremely high standard, and we do it with our bodies. We do it with our relationships. Our bread, like the bread you baked this morning. Shut up. You're not going to tell people about the bread I baked this morning? That was delicious. Well... (laughs) Yes, it was great, except for it wasn't cooked in the middle. I don't know why. It was gooey in the middle. I mean, oh, this is like my sourdough. Sour, no, it was like literally... A cinnamon roll. Sh- 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 it was literally raw, okay, in the middle. It was very embarrassing. You know, the thing about baked goods is that imagine a bowl of cookie dough. That is vastly superior to the baked cookie. Why do people bake okay. the dough and you... ruin it? It's the same with the bread. Dough theory, okay. You created the most perfect loaf of bread because it had the outside crunchy and then it had bread and then it had goopy in the middle. At any rate, I'm trying to tell people out here that I understand the carrot on a stick thing because that's me and never things are never good enough and there's always more to do. An overachiever, right? Perfectionists Mm -hmm. are often overachievers. I want to say one thing I have learned is it doesn't matter how much you get done on your list, your list is like an auto refill. It will completely refill, right? If Endlessly. you get 10 things done, 10 things more will fill in. Guaranteed. And the hardest thing, the hardest thing for me, being a perfectionist and overachiever, is to stop doing. Mm. To literally, physically set down whatever it might be, the bread or the laundry or the doing the video, and to walk away from it, it is really hard. But when I do that, often those are the moments of my life I love and remember the most. So I just want to encourage you to stop. And if it feels hard to stop, or if your brain, like me, I know this, starts to come up, but I really need to do that, or this person was really expecting me to return their call, or la 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 la, all the million and one excuses that your ego gives you that you should keep doing, 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 you know you are on the right track. If it is hard, you are on the right track. Because it's pretty much guaranteed that your mind is going to jump in when you are ready to stop. And it's going to say, don't, don't stop, don't stop. Because right. it doesn't want us to stop and see what's actually here. That kind of starts to threaten our ego selves a little oh, bit. Oh, totally. And so there's this habit of doing, and it wants to just freight train forward. It's going to take some effort to switch that around. But as you start stopping, <laughs> I remember when we were teaching a mindfulness class at one of our friend Andrea's yoga retreats, mm. and we talked about, it was a hard sell, but we talked about this idea that If you have 10 minutes to get out to your car because you are almost late and you're rushing, the thing you need to do is to stop, sit down, and spend a minute or two minutes just meditating and breathing. Whoa, no way, because I've got to grab this and grab that and make sure that I have the blah, blah, blah. But when we do that, we almost always find that time stretches out. It's uncanny. That there's way more time there. Because the reason for that is when our mind is blah, 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 all fuzzy and fast forward, it's using so much energy. It's very inefficient. Right. It can't complete tasks in, a, in an efficient manner. So we are scrambling about. Mm-hmm. But when we take two minutes 
to just completely relax, then we have those remaining eight minutes and we find that eight minutes is actually a long <laughs> time to get everything we need together. Oh, yeah. We can even walk slowly from task to task. Yeah, well, and that brings up two things that I just thought about as you were talking there. I first thought, this is a little bit like an emergency situation. Not a true emergency, but you could liken it to an emergency situation. You have 14 things going on. You've got to be out the door, but the toast is burning and the kids need their hair brushed, whatever it might be. And you're like, you're asking me to stop. But think of an emergency situation. When you arrive on an emergency situation, you want to be calm. If you're in an emergency situation, you want someone who's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? You want someone who's going to go, I'm here. Yeah. Help is here. Everything's going to be okay. We've got things under control. You want someone with presence who is right there with you, taking those deep breaths. And then in that emergency situation, you can see more clearly what's really going on and make wise decisions. It's right? a beautiful thing to witness uh, an emergency worker or you hear oh yeah you know you hear soldiers talking about times when they just were icy calm in the midst of bullets flying so if people are capable of that in a right. car crash situation or fire or combat we right. can do this at home when the kids are being a little bit annoying right. and or on your way to work not and you're late <laughs> and right oh yeah absolutely so when you're scrambling about Try for a moment to stop and say, okay, this is like that emergency situation. I need three deep breaths, mm-hmm. right? The second thing that came to my mind, which this was really hard for me to learn too, is how important is it truly? Ooh. If the toast burns, is that okay or is my life over? If the kids go to school without their hair brushed, is my life over? <sighs> if I make it to the meeting late... Is that going to be written on my tombstone? I love this because so often our minds will just jump onto something and say, this is so important. Right. And and it's not. If if you burn the meal, it's okay. You're going to figure some something cereal, else you know? out. Cereal is a good dinner. <laughs> no, it's not. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. But what I'm saying is, is that's where life steps in and you remember it, right? Like the time you scared me in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Not advocating you go out and scare people. (laughs) That was so stupid. Yeah. But the point is, how much does it really, really matter? And can you let it go in this moment? Because there is that deep inclination to follow our social norms. And I got to say, from my own perspective, having been on this earth for 40 some years, Social norms aren't the end-all and be-all. In fact, some (laughs) of them are massively screwed up. If someone needs your help or you feel in your heart that you want to reach out to someone, whether it be a family member or a stranger, but time is pressing on you or social norm says that's not okay, too bad. You can go ahead and do it anyway. Is it truly important if you're there hugging someone in the you know, salsa aisle because you had this conversation with someone and you're there crying. No, that doesn't matter. Who cares? It's important to love people and to share your skills and your gifts with the world and to be present. Thank you for that, Rebecca. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. And that's hard to remember when you have that other doing part of your brain that's continually going, no, no. Or don't, don't step out and say that. Stay on track. Don't talk to that person. Don't look over there. Right? When in actuality, our, our hearts and our being selves are going, wait a second. I can't be boxed in. 
I absolutely am going to go help that person with their flat tire. Why wouldn't I? So I don't get where I needed to go on time. It's almost like the doing part of our mind is this thing that's trying to put us into this little box and cut us off from life completely. Yeah. It wants to say, you know, the doing mind wants to say, well, without me, you won't get anything done and nothing will get accomplished. But actually beingness Mm -hmm. is perfectly capable of doing things. And in fact, as you're doing something, when you're in the state of being, Mm -hmm. you're enjoying it. Right. Whether it's washing the dishes or... A brushing your more. child's teeth. Yeah, there's a lot more flow. And when you're present, there's certainly a lot more joy. Oh, yeah. So what did we get out of our experience? What did we learn? How did we shift? I think the shift has been stopping a lot yeah. more often. Catching ourselves. We renew that vow. I, I won't say daily, but but we renew it. Several times a week. Yeah. And we try to wake up with that intention that we're going to be in a state of love and awareness and presence. Choose love and choose our priorities over our doing. Yeah. I feel like from my perspective that one of the big things is that we've realized that we actually have what we want in so many ways. That we were going to this bed and breakfast to have this quality alone time to escape our life when in actuality when we started looking at it we realized wait we have we love our life the life that we want we (laughs) have the time together that we're looking for we simply need to call attention to it we have been unaware Mm -hmm. and the more that we do stop and the more that we pay attention the more we see wow i have what i want and i want what i have okay let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for this episode. I think that's a great idea. So since this is an episode on personal transformation, I think we should bring up a resource that will give us access to more ideas for personal transformation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're talking about Northwinds Wilderness School, and they have been sponsors before. They they're great. They're doing some awesome stuff. Today, we wanted to talk about their YouTube channel because he has some really transformative stuff. Absolutely. He has really cool videos and lots of content. So if you want to look at tracking, there's... <sighs> yeah, that's what I love about his really channel cool, so much. Really cool, like what? Like once a week tracking ep- like as you follow along and he... So that's so the tracking episodes are really in-depth per species and you really get to learn whether you our professional tracker, or you just want to take your kids out and learn about tracking squirrels. He focuses on one species, and I think he's doing one a week or, or so. Roughly-ish. Yeah. But that's not the half of it. I mean, right. there's the wilderness skills for sure, but there he's talking now about things like unnecessary attachments. <sighs> like being healthy, because he's on a health journey. Yeah, oh, he is so neat. He's always oh, really yeah. trying to self-evolve. It's so great. Uh, Owning your own your negativity, like saying, "Hey, okay, this is where I'm being negative." Meditation and stuff that fits right in with the kind of work we do: going barefoot in the snow, building shelters, making fires. It's a really broad channel. It's so, we kind of call them our sister school. Yeah, they they're great to work with, and just so much open mindedness and love of nature of inner rewilding, outer rewilding, all of that. How do you find them? Go check him out. On YouTube, to find his channel, you're going to go to the search bar of YouTube and type in North Winds Wilderness School. He should come right up with the logo of the tree. Oh. So check him out. Absolutely. Awesome stuff. Well, of course, it 
would not be fair to not talk about other people out there who are helping bring about personal transformation. I'm talking about our patrons out there through Patreon and PayPal. Bless you your hearts. Oh are my phenomenal. Gosh. We love you. And not only are you helping us to personally transform in our lives, but by supporting us in the way that you do, you are allowing this content to go out and help other people transform in their lives and people are commenting they're sharing we have a whole community here that we are all building together and you are helping us do this it's so much goodness yeah if you're just listening for the first time this is not just being created by rebecca and myself this is a gift also from those patrons that are making this a reality absolutely Thank you, all of you. There's so much gratitude. We have gratitude every day for you guys. <laughs> if you want to become a patron that feels right for you right now, you can just head to our website, rewildu.com, R-E-W-I-L-D-U.com. And right on the front page there, we have buttons for Patreon, for PayPal. Scroll down a little bit. This is about halfway down through the page. Yeah. Really easy to set up a, a monthly donation. It doesn't have to be a lot. No, not at all. Makes a huge difference. And if you're not ready right now to support us monetarily, send us comments, send us your thoughts, what you're learning, how you are growing on your rewilding journey, because that feeds our soul. That supports us in such a great way too. Leave a review on iTunes. I guess that's supposed to do good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leave a review. (laughs) I always forget about these things. The technology, it's so strange that we're using it for what we're using it for. But anyway, how lucky are we? So, And there's lots of other stuff on the website, too. There's an online course. There's information about our classes, our Forest Monk program. So go and check it out. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, so. It is time for you to unleash your life. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so Here, I am sorry I cut you off. No, no, no. You want to say it? Or do you want me to say it? No, you say it. Okay, wait. What are you saying? I'm saying, here's our action points. Here's our action points. This is I what said it. we learned. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you said that? I, I don't know. So, yeah, these are action points that are really going to guide you into that same route. Yes. And number one... Uh, We're going to be at risk here for sounding like a broken record, but gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. We're going to talk about gratitude a lot in these podcasts because it's so powerful. It's extremely powerful. We should put, what is it when it's really quiet in the background, you know? Oh, subliminal? Subliminal backwards gratitude message. (laughs) So that people are infected with gratitude. (laughs) If we play this podcast backwards underneath this podcast quietly, it will send you gratitude (laughs) messages. (laughs) So, boy. We're going to talk about a different approach. Yeah. This one does not work for everybody. Not for everybody or everything, but it's a good one to keep in your back pocket if something else isn't working or you've tried all the different gratitude approaches or you're super, super grumpy. (laughs) This works for me when I'm really grumpy, which is basically, I call it the negative approach. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to explain it? Well, let's say I'm super frustrated with our daughter, Mirabelle. Okay. And I don't know what she's doing. She's blah, 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 pulling my hair, doing something. She doesn't do anything like that. Anyway, (laughs) but let's imagine that I'm really frustrated with her. And, okay, this sounds terrible, everybody, but be ready. So you can imagine... What if she was really sick with cancer and was dying? What if she had died yesterday in a car accident? What if... 
Oh, all right. sorts of horrible things. Oh, the second I go down that path, I'm, oh, I am so thankful for you. <laughs> it instantly melts away. Right. You imagine losing the thing yes. that you're annoyed with. Right. And pretty quickly, we usually find, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. It's... I'm grateful for a lot of things suddenly. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good one. Again, it doesn't work for everybody because if you're prone to dark thoughts or negative thoughts, it's probably not for you. But if you overall have a general positive mindset right. and you find yourself in that state of not loving something that's there, mm-hmm. imagine it gone. Imagine it not there in the same way in your life. It's very telling what you feel like after that. Right. If you imagine that you're thinking of Angie with her dog, how she just doesn't like her dog. Maybe she'd imagine her dog was gone and say, oh, break out the champagne. <laughs> so maybe Sometimes it's like, okay. <laughs> maybe it's a clue that actually this thing shouldn't be in your life if you have no reaction to that negative thought. So it can teach you a lot. Yeah, it definitely will show you things about yourself and what you feel about what you have. Mm-hmm. Of course, if that is one of those things that just doesn't work for you, you can always fall back on the other gratitude practices. Standard gratitude practices are magic. They're super powerful and never underestimate their their yeah. power to change and transform a life. Number two. Okay. Make a vow. Make a vow. This is a powerful practice. We don't really talk about this much these days in modern times, but... Making a vow, especially if you do it with someone, can Mm -hmm. be very, very powerful. It's a way of firming your intention and saying, okay, this is time that I'm going to actually pay attention to this. Right. Because the thoughts of wanting to be more present, wanting to be more love-based, that's been in our life for a long time. Absolutely. It's not surprising. But when we made that vow, it solidified it. Suddenly we got way serious about it. Right. We started... Every day, going back to that, talking about it, looking at things, stopping. So this is not a New Year's resolution type of thing. Oh, I would like to be like this. This is like you spit in your palm and the other person spits in their palm and you look each other square in the eye and you know (laughs) what you're saying is serious. This is for real. Yeah. And it can be about anything. Although in this case, I would invite you to make a vow about a way that you can be more present and more being, more human being, less human doing. (laughs) Number three, this is something I use all the time. It's actually secretly a form of positive gratitude practice. If you get creative, you could apply it to a lot of different things, but I use this for people. I call it falling in love over and over and over and Mm. over. This isn't just romantic love. It's no. the feeling that you have when you really, really love something, where you're just falling in love. And it could be falling in love with your bowl of ice cream or your family. Right. It could be an object. Be, right. Yeah. I'll use you as an example, and here's how I do it. Well, I'm right here. <laughs> so I look at you, and if you just do this once a day, consciously decide you're going to do this with one person, let's say, or thing. Choose what it is, and then do it for one day. But it becomes habitual. So now there's multiple times a day I just look at you, often when you're not looking. And there's kind of a power in it for me to do it when you're not looking because then I'm not getting kudos back. It's something I'm just doing to change my inner state. And and I look at you and I appreciate you. And I might just appreciate the light playing on your hair or 
you know, your curves. Is this just an excuse <laughs> to stare at my behind? <laughs> That's part of it. <laughs> and then as I'm looking at you, I just fall in love. Mm. I kind of crush on you and just look at all the parts of you that I appreciate and think about things that I appreciate about you. If you are cooking mm. a meal, I might just look and say, wow, and just appreciate the, your hands as they're moving. There's so much to appreciate about you. Wow. <laughs> can do it with our children. So mm. I'll look at Mirabelle or Liliana and just look at them and just, just soak in their presence and think mm. how blessed I feel to be their father how amazing it is to see their smile and their eyes sparkling or to be present there for their tears mm. or their anger that falling in love is super powerful it's kind of almost like falling in love with life yeah 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 <clears throat> wow that's awesome so one person once a day as just a place a touching off place to start yep and then make it a habit because it's a really good habit <laughs> so this is the next action point Four. stop doing yeah so, so stop one doing that one doing is happening thing. in your day right which is essentially as we were talking about it maybe you've got to vacuum the house before the guests come right oh my gosh it must be vacuumed this is me rebecca my doing side talking here that would be something i would say and you stop in the middle of vacuuming and you're gonna say i'm stopping for three minutes now for someone like me that is almost agony Right. I'm like, I have three minutes. I have to sit here in the middle of my vacuuming where I'm just not even vacuuming. And I'm going to breathe. I'm going to notice my surroundings. I'm going to think of what I'm grateful for. I'm going to, if there's people present, fall in love with them. Whatever it is, I'm going to use some of those things that we talked about and take those three minutes to just stop my doing task and be in the being place. I might even ask myself, hey, if the guests show up and I haven't vacuumed the rest of the house, are they going to care? Are they even going to notice? And think about, hmm, maybe I don't even need to finish vacuuming. It kind of takes your doing mind and puts it to task a little bit. And right. Says, hey, is this really that, that serious? Right. And stopping is just always good. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't have to be just a cleaning thing, obviously. It could be in the middle of a project that you're working on and your child comes up and wants to ask you a question. I know for me, sometimes I'm like, okay, okay, wait, I just, I have to do this. I have to do that. And they're like, mom, 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 mom. Right? We can just say, I intentionally stop doing this one thing. And it doesn't mean you can't finish it. It's just asking to stop. Number five. <gasps> well. Stay. On your we need a. Are you gonna start? Are you journey. gonna make a song for that? <laughs> Stay on your rewilding journey. That is gonna keep you coming back to asking questions. It's what we love about rewilding is that it just covers so much ground. It encompasses our whole life and it asks us. It gives us this message that our inner selves have something really powerful, something very wise, is waiting inside exactly. all of us. It's just kind of buried under a lot of cultural goop. Right. If we get quiet, if we do stop, if we can be in a space of being for a while, that inner nature of ours begins to come forth and it begins to provide us with the answers that we're seeking, with the knowledge that we need for our own lives in the moment that we're in. Thank you, all of you, for listening and being part of this with us. This has been really exciting. We love 
doing these podcasts. We love hearing from you. We are so, so grateful for you. <laughs> Huge thanks to our patrons through Patreon. I know we've already thanked you once in this in this video. But we're feeling uh, grateful. In this podcast. Right? <laughs> but, but yeah, just a lot of gratitude because you're making this possible for us and making it possible that it gets to go out into the world. Well, so the long and short of it is that we've decided that we're not surprising each other anymore. <laughs> what? Well, I just thought I should tell people. Yeah, wait till the next shower, lady. <laughs> I think we've had this discussion before, haven't we? <laughs> you will be in so much trouble. Why does he have no eyes left? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yuck. Love to you all. <laughs> Until next time.